0: Welcome back to another episode of the Honeycut Scenario with me, Craig. Here in North Carolina, what you heard just now was the sound of an upright mountain dulcimer. So it's a little dulcimer that you kind of hold like a guitar. I got it in Asheville, North Carolina. It's a company up there that makes them um, really badass. The company is called, what are they called? Man, I, it's not bright enough. Appalachian String. Appalachia String. Um, Really cool stuff. Beautiful instrument. Uh, Mounts of West Carolina are beautiful. Uh, It is home to some of the most pure silica, silicon silica that you can mine in the world for semiconductors, in case you didn't know that. I live on the other end of North Carolina here on the Outer Banks, out on a barrier island uh, at the tip of America, edge of America. Uh, I am surrounded by water. I am looking west into the Roanoke Sound right now. It is a gorgeous day here. So wherever you are, whenever you are, I hope you're doing good. Uh, today is beautiful. It's going to be in the mid-70s. A little windy coming off the water, but just beautiful. Um, I'm thankful for the sun. Thankful to be around and to be able to play music uh next couple of days. The band Everything and myself will be working on new material, which is good. Iterating the new music process, which is awesome. Um, So I love that. And a quick shout out to my old and dear friend, Mr. Chip Warren, who is a really talented writer and producer who's been living out in Los Angeles. And I, I knew Chip from my time in Virginia. We became really close friends. He worked for the band for a little bit. Um, he's traveled around the world. He's lived a lot of different lives. And uh, in the last decade, 15 years, he's been working a lot in uh, justice reform out in California and uh, has recently been producing a series of podcasts on Audible um, about justice reform. And it's called Abuse of Power. It's considered a true crime podcast, but uh, there's a few different podcasts. Uh, seasons of it, I guess you would call them, threads, different stories. Um, So check his work out. Uh, He's doing really cool stuff. Uh, I will be diving in on it soon. And uh, shout out to Chip Warren for uh, doing great work. And I'm going to shift gears here into a topic that was on my mind. Uh, I've been reading a few books about the change in our global, what do you call it, globalism, global connectivity, the global economy, how uh, everything has been glued together in a neoliberal order, as they say in the business, um, and how things are changing, and they've been changing for a while. Uh, So I've been reading the work of a guy named Peter Zion, who is a global analyst, a geopolitical analyst who does a lot of stuff with demographics as well, and that's been super eye-opening because... He talks about things in a way that I just haven't really processed before. Um, he's very opinionated. He uh, kind of takes things maybe a little bit to the extreme. So, it's, uh, you know, you don't know in terms of predictability how accurate it's going to be. But I've been tracking his work, and he's he's on top of a lot of stuff. And it's it's very important work, I feel, to listen to and learn. Um, and if you know me by now or you're listening to this podcast or you're friends of mine, you know that I like to learn and discern and... Consider and educate myself because I just find that uh, it's helpful for a, an accurate worldview. Um, and then, so he kind of deals with—I call him nature, right? He deals with uh, the global changes through the through a nature lens. And uh, I've been reading another book called *Homecoming* by an author named Ronnie Forahar, I do believe is her name, um, and she's more she's handling the same type of topic. But it's uh, from Rana Furahar. Furahar. Rana Forihar. Um She's dealing from the same topic, but maybe a little bit more nurture, right? Um, but really also an incredible author. And I'm learning so much about what's been happening in the world, because it feels like with the noise that we get in our media landscape, sometimes it's hard to see the forest for the trees. Like, what's actually happening, right? And that there are giant... Shifts happening and it's hard to track them and you got to be careful of your news source because there's bias in, in all of it. Right. And now with information wars and media landscapes and just social media, it's, you know, getting the real accurate story is sometimes a little overwhelming. Um, so it's been cool to read these two authors sort of hand in hand and get a uh, look at a world of change through a few different lenses. Um, and one of the things that uh, Rana Forohar talks about is the idea of the anywheres versus the somewheres and it's an interesting topic because she talks about um, that there is with education and she also mentioned thing the uh, in the in the West here, we have, especially in America, uh, the rise of the cognitive meritocracy, right? If you have the, a certain type of smarts, you can rocket through education and technology and finance, and you can get into this realm where you have access to income and capital and opportunity and... It's not always just physical, it's intellectual, right? So you have intellectual property that is not anchored to, like, a place, and so you can do it anywhere, right? You can go anywhere, you can be anywhere, and you have that mobility, and then there's the somewheres where people live in a place, and they might have barriers to entry to leaving that place, whether it's education, it's opportunity, whether maybe they don't want to leave, Um, Their skill set doesn't allow them to leave. Maybe there's politics involved, all kinds of things. And that when you're in a place, then that's your identity. That's what you're attached to, better or for worse. And that there has been this push and pull between these two types of groups. And you can see that in our modern political world. And it was really an interesting and eye-opening conversation. And I would encourage you to read her work and Peter Zion's work as well, because I find them to be very educational. Being a child of D.C., geopolitical uh, analysis and conversations are something that's just part of my DNA from my upbringing. Um, But her whole comment around the anywheres versus the somewheres, and how that might be changing with the onshoring of production here in America because of like a variety of different factors, um, that it reminded me a little bit of what I have noticed because I came up and I, I talked about this last, maybe the last episode, but just being from the suburbs, feeling like I had opportunity and that I didn't have to be a lawyer or work in a factory or I could go and just throw myself at trying to be a culture maker, right, for better or for worse. And then we talked about, you know, finding self-worth in that thing and looking for value streams. How can you make your community better, et cetera? Um, but getting into the band world and having access because I was dedicated to what I did. I became successful at what I did um, and then had to reinvent myself. I actually, by becoming a producer and then a media producer and then, you know, music supervisor and stuff, I became part of what at the time was called the creative class, right? That was a term. You're a creative class, right? You're a creative, but you're sort of mobile. You can go to New York and LA, you can move around and, uh, I became very digital, and I've been digital since the 90s, um, like most people, but that it became very important to the production or the marketing of our band and then the production of our music. So music has always been at the forefront of technology. Um, I I understand technology through music, the way things sound, um, but I became part of the creative class, right? And it was like a a thing, Especially, you know, with the Obama years, that was like a thing, right? You're like, oh, creative class. Like, this is this rising class. But the creative class also then lent itself to the modern technology class and the finance class. And then I heard a term during the pandemic called um, the mobile capital class. And that was like people who could afford to leave the cities and move somewhere else. It's like I can uproot myself and go somewhere else because I can afford to do this. Um, And here on the Outer Banks, you know, we became uber popular, like people were buying houses, housing prices went up, people were moving here from all over, and we had a different type of person that was moving in, like you were getting more people who were um, making their money off the beach, but could do it remotely, right, like people who were software executives and stuff like that, and that's, there's Quietly been that happening here, but there's more of it. And that whole idea of the mobile capital clash, like, oh, wow, that's that. And I think that that thread really speaks into the anywheres versus the somewheres. And it's an interesting dynamic that's going on. And it will be an interesting dynamic to track as here in the U.S., more manufacturing starts to happen, right? Because of the relationships with China, stuff going on in Ukraine and Russia, Um with the moves that the Biden administration is making in terms of wanting to bring more stuff here to make again, um, so it'll be interesting to see what the anywheres and the somewheres do. And you know, I would also pause that what's happening up in East Palestine, up in Ohio, is a somewheres kind of thing, right? You got this small town, rural town, huge train wreck, gases being put out that like they used in like it was like World War One style gases that can like totally hurt you. Um, So it's just really crazy stuff going on, but looking at it with this dance between the Anywheres and the Somewheres might be something that it has been helpful for me to kind of go, oh, okay, I see what's happening um, in an interesting dance. So those are my thoughts on today. Uh, Once again, I highly encourage you to read Peter Zion's work and uh, Rana Furahar's work. Uh, Eye-opening, educational, interesting, important. Have a great Friday.